Hello everybody, it's going to be a unique pod today, just producer Ian and Keone today, because JJ did such a good job on the stardom sitem portion of this notes that he decided to reward himself with a binge of the Gilmore Girls. I guess he just really loves that mother-daughter relationship. Was so, it Gilmore? I thought it was Golden Girls. Either one. I always I mean, mix those two up. But, you know, he deserves it. So hopefully he'll be back on the next pod. But for now, it's just me and Ian. Be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook. You know the links. And let's get on to the pod. What is up? It's your boy, Big Waste. <laughs> I do just like trying to emulate JJ every time. Anyway, it's producer Ian. Keone already went over. It's me, producer Ian, and Keone here today. We're going to go through a lot of news. We have a lot of news coming off for this Thursday morning. Then we're going to go some start, sit, and then that's pretty much going to be it. I think we're going to have one more segment. It's going to be our uh, who we think deserves a flex spot this week. So anyway, let's get straight into the news. First big spot, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle have a chance to play week 16. I know it's not, it's not super important right now, but f- at least for Garoppolo, who eh, he kind of who cares fantasy-wise, but for George Kittle, big, big, week, big. week 16 is against the Cardinals. That could be big for him. Um, if he comes back and he's actually healthy, he's... I'd say a pretty much immediate start. You agree? Yes, because he was the number two uh, tight end, and I don't know if he still is the number two tight end, but he's he's up there. Yeah, and then especially if Jimmy's back, they love him. They love they. That's a good connection. All right, next spot. Chris Godwin underwent minor surgery to get pins taken out of his hand Tuesday, and he didn't practice Wednesday. So Arian said he's not letting him catch right after surgery, but he's only missed one game this year. I don't think it's going to affect him that much. Yeah, he's played with the pins in his finger, so with them out, it shouldn't be a problem. It's more of whether Tom Brady has a good game. That's how well he's going to do. We shall see. All right, next point. Eagles coach Doug Peterson named Jalen Hurts the starter this week. That means don't start Carson Wentz. Obviously. <laughs> yes. We have... An investigation going on, seeing as basically Doug Peterson has murdered Carson Wentz's confidence. I don't see how he couldn't have based off the given things that have happened in these past week or so. The past couple years, Carson Wentz has not been... It's brutal. He's brutal. just been... He's been... It's a it's a toxic relationship. Oh, yeah. Hey, he has a ring, though. I, oh, my God. He has a ring, and he... Arguably could have won MVP that year if he didn't get hurt. All right, next one we got is James Conner plans to play Sunday after he was activated off the COVID reserve list. Pretty much it is what I just said. He's probably going to play. Um, That means if you had Benny Snell in and hoping he was doing well, take him out. Yeah, Um, and hopefully I don't think this week is the best, but you know maybe keep him just in case. I don't know, but next week they have the Bengals, so – That'll be a much better matchup than this week. Oh, yeah. All right. Next one. Larry Fitz activated off the COVID reserve list. He was gone for 12 days. This is big. Um, You know, Larry Fitz is just there to win over the hearts of everybody because nobody hates Larry Fitz, but he's not been really fantasy relevant this year. He went to school online. 
Um, but he does open up the field for Kirk and Hopkins. So that's good. <laughs> All right. Adam Humphreys, place on IR. He got a concussion, and the Bates is the man who hit him, was fined 20 grand. So it was uh, Was it pretty Norman, brutal. Norman Bates? It was Norman Bates. Um, Psycho he was, killer? He was dressed as his mom. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Um, all right, next one. Sean McVay expects Cam Akers to play against the Patriots despite his shoulder injury. Um, Cam Akers, as we know, has been hot, hot, hot lately, and he finally got um, a majority of the snap share. Um, 62%. Yeah, but this means that if he's kind of hurt and injured, it might go back to the Henderson and maybe Malcolm Brown show for a little bit. I hope not, because I talked about Akers this week. However, I said... He has a decent matchup this week against New England, but definitely it's better in weeks 15 and 16. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So, all right, next one. Antonio Gibson was diagnosed with turf toe, a.k.a. what took out LaDainian Tomlinson <gasps> when he was way too old. Mm. Um, it could hold him out this week. Turf toe sounds like the biggest, honestly, like the weakest injury you could have, but apparently it really sucks. So... J.D. McKissick, when with uh, Antonio Gibson out, saw 10 targets, but Peyton Barber saw 14 carries. Although I don't think he ran for very much. But, you know, no. if if you if you don't have J.D. McKissick and you're uh, – oh, actually, don't, don't pick up Barber. Go somewhere else. Peyton Barber gets the benefit of they're going to use him to run the ball. And so – but he had like 14 carries and like 30 yards. Yeah. He just had a touchdown. It helped. J.D. McKissick is definitely going to get like five carries. Um, but then he – He's going to get 10 targets. Alex Smith loves to check down, um, and Alex Smith also loves his uh, tight end. Mm, yes, it's, Logan Thomas. He's been doing it for years. So, uh, let's Next point of order, James Robinson. Limited this week in practice, but he should be full go on Sunday. I could not find anything specific injury-wise. It looks like he just needed an extra rest day, just kind of banged up sore. That's fine. Um, it was a tough game against Minnesota. Went into overtime. So, you know, if you have him and he plays, put him, like you should start him. Yeah, he's third in the league right now in rushing yards behind Dalvin Cook and uh, Derek Henry. He's he's the one of the gems of the year. Yeah. All right, next one. Daniel Jones is expected to play this week. He's coming off the hamstring injury, and he's going against the Cardinals. The Giants are kind of red hot right now. Yeah, they're getting on fire. They've won four in a row. They're scoring pretty well. Their defense is playing lights out. Daniel Jones could have a game. Yeah. He could also be Daniel Jones and run for 70 yards and fall down in the last 10. That's so. true. You never know with him. Yeah. Um, next one, Drew Brees. He can be activated officially off IR. It's been three weeks, but more realistically, he'll probably be back about week 15. He's still dealing with that rib injury. He's. It's not looking good for him to be come back this week. If it does happen, it's going to be a quick activated and also starting like you're going to be surprised yeah and they're they're winning games so it's not like they're in too much trouble and week 15 they do have kansas city but for right now i i don't think they should play him but the nfl teams do not care um if they win pretty they care about just winning in general exactly so um if they can win the games with Taysom hill at quarterback, running the ball mostly, they're going to keep doing that. They have no problem with it. Um, next one, Kenny Galladay did not practice Wednesday, but DeAndre Swift did. That looks good. That sounds good for his owners. Yeah. coach. Uh, the coach said that Swift could be brought back slowly, 
it wasn't clear if he just meant practice-wise. That means he's going to be kind of like limited in practice this whole week and then a full go on Sunday. Or if he meant fully limited, like he slowly could be taken like against the Packers. It's not really clear. Um, we have to wait and see, see how he practices more. But that could mean that like Adrian Peterson gets more touches against a very weak Packers defense against um, – against the running back i think adrian peterson's gonna have time in this game regardless of if he shares it with swift or not so and he plus he's been getting in the end zone adrian peterson has so but if swift plays i think it's a really good matchup yeah it it definitely is it's a it's a it's a cupcake matchup to be honest all right denzel mims he did not practice wednesday he flew back to texas due to a family emergency oh no that means he could possibly miss the game he wouldn't have mattered anyways. Denzel Mims has been hot okay. lately. He's been getting a lot of targets. He's been he's been doing work. Um, he, it's just on the Jets, so nobody really cares. I only like one it's guy on the Jets. Well, we love Frank Gore. Nobody hates Frank Gore. But fantasy-wise, I think you're right. It's like Jameson Crowder yes. or Bust. Speaking of Frank Gore, he was limited in practice. No! That's a good sign. Uh, it means that he his oh, brain yeah, is not right. mush. Never mind. Redact that no. Yeah. It means his no! brain it means his brain is not literally mush. He can still it's carry pudding, football. Though. Yeah, it's it's like tapioca, maybe chunky pudding. Oh, but um, delicious. <laughs> are you really worried about Frank Gore? Probably not. It's not a good sign. They are going against Seattle. I don't know if that helps or doesn't, but it's it, it like we said, Jameson Crowder are bust on that on that Jets team. Christian McCaffrey arrived dressed for practice, but was limited due to a shoulder injury. And guess what? A brand new thigh injury. Why 2020? Why? So all of those, all of those fantasy managers who took him number one overall, like you should have, and maybe squeaked into the playoffs without your number one overall player. And now you're like, he's coming back. Perfect timing right when playoffs are starting I'm going to, and you're like, I was able to make it to playoffs, and now I'm going to get the man who gets 25 points a game? There's no way I can lose. Well, guess what? He's kind of up in the air now with this thigh injury. He's day-to-day. Who knows at this point? It's just a tease. I'm sorry. The NFL is cruel. I'm, I'm so distraught. And I mean, apparently his thigh, like, it happened last week, and then it felt good, and then this week it tightened up on him, according to the coach, so he's, quote-unquote, day-to-day. Who knows at this point? Um, obviously, if the man plays, he's an immediate start. It doesn't matter. You have to start him, because a Christian McCaffrey off day is 12 points. Yeah. So, um, let's go Philip Rivers. Did not, yeah, did not practice Wednesday. It was one of his 30 kids' birthdays. That's a lie. That's I'm just joking with that. Um, he's still dealing with his toe he injury. Lot, he has a lot of kids. <laughs> he has nine. Jeez. They love to bring it up on like Fox. Every time they're like, oh, here's the quarterback comparison. Children, nine. Oh, and yeah. Hilarious. But he didn't practice Wednesday, a.k.a. it's the Veterans Day off. Big Phil is old. He's banged up. He has that toe injury that he's been dealing with. I don't see him practicing a lot of Wednesdays. Yeah. That's just, it's nothing to worry about. I mean, Philip Rivers, I don't think, has ever missed a game in his career. Um, uh, he even tore his ACL one game, got surgery, played. and played on it in an AFC championship game. 
So yeah, he's a uh, to quote uh, from SpongeBob. He's about he's really really tough. He can uh, eat a bowl of nails without any milk. Without any milk. Yeah, that's how tough he is. So <laughs> he's got it. Um, let's move on to the next guy. Joe Mixon will not play this week, d- despite being able to be activated off IR. From what I've read, Zach Taylor, the coach, when they put him on IR, never was clear on if he was coming back. They were like, okay, he's going on IR, but with this year, you can go on IR for three weeks and come back. And they're like, so is this just like a three-week thing? And he was like, we'll see. It honestly kind of sounds like Joe Mixon might be out for the season. Do we even know he exists at this point? Is he just a figment of our imagination? Joe Mixon might be dead. <laughs> he might be dead and they might be covering it up in Cincinnati. They are treating him like he is like the Half-Life 3 of the football world. You just never know. It's an enigma. It may happen. It may not whoa, whoa, happen. Whoa. The enigma is um, oh, I'm sorry, Peyton, Peyton Hillis. Hillis. My bad. He is an anomaly. He's he. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the the um specific phenomenon, but it's like where everybody remembers something that never actually. Existed. Oh, the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. Yes. Is Joe Mixon part of that? Like, was he just not real, and we've just all believed that the man named Joe Mixon was in Cincinnati? We'll run with it. So, I mean. To be honest, you're you're disappointed with Mixon's season, but it's not really his fault he got hurt. Let's move on. Debo Samuel did not practice Wednesday. He has a bruised foot. He is questionable. I think this is a really good sign for Ayuk against Washington. Brandon oh, Ayuk. Yeah. Uh, because like we've said, Debo and Brandon Ayuk are the same player, and that's not bad. No. Debo's an excited playing to watch. Exciting player to watch. Brandon Ayuk is an exciting player to watch. Yeah, two exciting wide receivers is great on a team like. That's not a bad thing. I just love the fact that they have a they can have a play now where they hand it off to Mostert and he tosses it back to Samuel and then Samuel tosses it to Ayuk. Like they can just play schoolyard football. Yeah. And it's great. And that's fun. That's just fun. Yeah. We need more this year. <laughs> we need more fun. <laughs> Tyreek Hill did not practice Wednesday. It was due to an illness. It was not COVID related. I mean, just because it's COVID doesn't mean, like, just because we're ha- in a pandemic doesn't mean you can't get sick normal. Yeah, hopefully so, it's just the sniffles. Yeah. Um, having it on Wednesday is probably a good sign because most colds or f- little flus go away in a couple of days, so he should be fine. And you definitely, he's a have to play him. Oh, God, if yes. he's there. Yeah, he's absolutely ridiculous this year. A.J. Brown did not practice Wednesday. He has an ankle injury. It honestly could spell doom based on how many other ankle injuries have uh, kind of caused, like, sputtering for wide receivers. I mean, look at the whole Michael Thomas situation. True. We don't really know what it is. We just know it's ankle. Uh, it's definitely something you got to keep a lookout. You might want to have a pivot option ready to go if in you, case and, you need it. Yeah, if you have Corey Davis, that's really, really good. Yeah, that's um, a good one. But, I mean... It is an ankle injury, so that's concerning. Although the silver lining is, if you want to take it this way, he usually doesn't practice on Wednesday, anyways. So he he, he also um, it, when it happened, it looked it like did non, look bad. It looked bad, that's and true. then he came back later. So that's a good sign. He did come back later in the game, but it could just be like adrenaline. And once you get off your feet, you're like, oh wow, this actually hurts. Mm. So yeah, it's, we'll have to see. Definitely keep monitoring it. Uh, next one we got is big news. Justin Jackson was designated to return from IR. Fantasy-wise, that's irrelevant. Oh. Eckler's back. Yeah. Just, don't worry it, about it, Justin Jackson. And don't take the New England game 
to be like, oh, Eckler and them. No, they got Bill Belichick did what he does. He shuts down a team. Bill Belichick has the Chargers numbers. If you've literally been watching the NFL for the past 15 years, it's obvious, especially on special teams. Yeah. Uh-huh. He just prides himself on special teams. Um, Mark Andrews was activated off the COVID slash reserve list. It's Monday night against Browns. It could be a big game for him. It could be a good sign. Mark Andrews, of course, having that little bit of a down year, but he's still a huge threat at tight end. And unless you have somebody else who you can play ahead of him, like one of the top five guys, play Andrews if he is in that game. Yeah, if he's if he's in, he you got to put him in too. Like he's just one of those players. Josh Jacobs did not practice Wednesday. Gruden lacked confidence in him suiting up on Sunday against the Colts. The issue with it, I would love to say Devontae Booker is a start. He didn't perform well last week, and they're going against the Colts. Very different than the Jets. And they're Yeah, they're going against the Colts in Vegas. And what has Keone been saying, even though he kind of partially was mistaken? Well, it's still enough. true. They really do not allow rushing touchdowns, the Colts. And you're looking, if you're going to start Booker, that he needs to have 100 yards and some catches. And I don't see that happening against the Colts. No, it really needs to be something wild with him. I understand if you really need it, go ahead and put him in, but I would be looking at somewhere else for this one. Michael Thomas, limited Wednesday with an ankle injury. Once again, kind of looks like veterans rest day. He's starting to really get back into form uh, towards the later part of the season. Taysom Hill realizes that, oh, wow, I can throw a slant 10 times a game, and uh, Sean Payton's a game planning for it. They go against the Eagles. That's a really good matchup for him. I wouldn't worry too much about his injury. No. Yeah, it, it's uh, Taysom Hill, I think, finally threw a passing touchdown. So <laughs> Finally. Good for him. Yeah. It was Congrats, like his, buddy. It was like his first of his career, too. Yeah. Not like first of the no, season. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just really shows that this man listed as a quarterback has not been doing quarterback things. No. It's sort of a farce on the NFL. Yeah. Mike Evans is limited with a hamstring injury on Wednesday. Um, once again, it's shouldn't really be that big of an issue. Mike Evans seems to be injured every day of the year. Um, they're going against the Vikings. It is kind of a big game. Vikings have been really hot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, hot, hot, hot. Tom Brady hasn't been playing well. There's contention amongst the ranks. They kind of definitely need a win. Otherwise, if they lose this game, they could be affecting their playoff spot and chances. So The, the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, this is yeah, this is their they, they, this is their start of their four game stretch. That is cake. It is like super super easy for the Buccaneers. Yes. Yeah. It's ridiculous how. But, like, but good even it is. the even the uh, Vikings are no 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 the, have been better. They're six that, and six after true. they started like one and five. The the Vikings are a tough matchup as they've shown because they've gotten hot. But on paper, like. The as I think I said before, the Buccaneers should finish with I said eleven and five, so but maybe now ten and six, but I guess yeah that's a good point because in the in the NFC that might not be enough to get in. Well, they're depending. they're seven and five right now. It is possible that they could win the next four games. They mm-hmm. do have the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, the Falcons. 
they should. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Um, Depends on how much. They really should. The Vikings are probably the hardest game right there. I would um, agree. Which is 10 and 6. Mm-hmm. 10 and 6 should be safe, but I think that means that they've pretty much secured not winning the division. No, no. I did, I had New Orleans going like at least 12 and 4. So. Yeah. So, um, big game for them. Like I said, if they lose, they're now 7 and 6, and it will kind of require that they win the next three games. Mm. Which, if a team is seven and six, I don't want to guarantee them winning three games, regardless of the opponent. Yeah, especially since they seem they would seem rattled at that point. Yeah. All right, move on. Brandon Cooks and Kiki Cootie both limited in practice on Wednesday. Um, I didn't really see anything else. I just saw that they were limited. Could be they got banged up in a game against Indy, a very tough nose defense. And it might have to do in part, like at least Cooks, to him being taken out of the game midway because of the with a possible concussion. Yeah, yeah. But um, Kiki Cootie, I'm not exactly sure about. Like I said, I couldn't really find anything on it. Um, they play the Bears this week, a tough matchup, but they're the one and two on, uh, with Deshaun Watson being very hot mm. as of late. Uh, and then our final point of news. Yes, that was 20. <gasps> this is 27 we did points it, folks. of news. We did it. Yeah, it, we, it was just a news broadcast this week, it yeah. felt like. Jerry Judy was limited in practice on Wednesday. Mm. Ankle injury. Um, it could low-key be backlash for the tweets he sent. I don't know if you saw him, but... He was mad. He tweeted and then deleted... At least I have conditioning done, which seems to be a slide against Drew Locke. And then he also was like, this explains a lot in reply to um, the news that Odell thought Pat Shermer was creating a rift in the locker room intentionally, who Pat Shermer is now the coach, one of the coaches for the Broncos. So Jerry Judy, rookie season, already taking shots at his own team. Yeah, dang. To speak your mind. I mean, it is the Broncos. They are trash. True. And to be fair, the the uh, Broncos quarterbacks did kind of put it on themselves with the whole, like, being kicked out of the game. So there's something there, maybe, but yeah. The, uh... In defense of the NFL, the reason I think that they let the Baltimore Ravens get their game delayed besides the fact that they are absolutely throating them. Okay. I was going to say money. Yeah. Money. Um, as far as I know, Baltimore caught COVID not due to a lack of protocol. They just caught COVID. Mm -hmm. People are unlucky. The only team that hasn't had any COVID tests, I believe is Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks. They haven't had anybody test positive. They all got another type of smoke in their lungs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That Washington. So, when the Denver Broncos were all near it, they admitted that they weren't wearing masks mm-hmm. and they were in too close a contact. So the NFL was like, all right, we won't punish you with fines or anything, but we're going to make you play without a quarterback. Basically, yeah, like, good job. Good luck. Like, good it, luck. You're, it, they pretty much gave them a guaranteed loss because they were fighting uphill. I mean, you yes. saw it. Um, it. They were one for nine for passing to yeah. no fault of, I think, what's his name? Hamilton or something Hint, like that? Hinton? Hint, yeah. Or something like that. Can't remember him. Sorry. No, no fault of his own. Yeah. He did the best he could, but they had no attack. So, let's move on. Mm. After that long news, we're going to do our start one, sit one, 
um, like just starter sit these guys. So who are we picking? Our very first one is Ronald Jones versus Minnesota or Adam Thielen at Tampa Bay. Oh, they're in the same game. Ah. So, yeah, if you notice, those teams are playing against each other. Um, Keone? Yeah. Who are you going with on this one? Well, I think Adam Thielen is a little bit more reliable than Ronald Jones because even though Ronald Jones has gotten over 100 yards in a few games, I think at least four, with his most recent one being like 192, not his most recent game, but his most recent game over 100 yards was 192. However, that 192 yards was more than like the four games around that combined, at least in terms of rushing yards. So I'm not as sure about Ronald Jones as I am Adam Thielen. And I think both of them have the big play potential. Like they can put up both, like they both can put up big numbers. So in terms of ceiling, I think they're both relatively equal. Um, but I think Adam Flo- Adam Thielen's floor is a bit higher. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a much better rush defense than they do a pass defense. So I don't necessarily know what that means for Dalvin Cook. But then again, he is still Dalvin Cook. And um, I just have a lot of doubts as well about the sort of like the internal organs, if you will, in Tampa Bay. So I would say there's uh, something rotten in the state of Tampa Bay. It's actually the state of Florida. Oh, I'm sorry. And most of Florida is actually in the state of despair. Yes. Because they have to live in Florida. I'm sorry. I was doing a Shakespeare oh, play. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I'm not cultured like that. This is big brains. Big brain time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you. I agree. Adam Thielen, he's more consistent at getting points. He has four games this year with one touchdown. He has four games this year with two touchdowns. So he's like... What's that quick maths? 12 touchdowns? Yes. So he's second in the league right now um, for most touchdowns. And he missed a game. Yeah, he missed a game. He, he's the red zone threat. Yeah. He is Kirk Cousins' guy in the red zone to go to. And you can look at it because he's he's gonna, he's gonna on pace right now for a 1,000-yard season, but he's on pace for like 1,000 yards and 1,048 yards. Like he's not 1,100, like less. So it's possible that he doesn't have a 1,000-yard season, but his pace for touchdowns is like 17. That's tremendous. So the fact that it, it it's possible that he has like 950 yards but 17 touchdowns. I'll take that. So um he's he's just more consistent. Ronald Jones does have those 100-yard games, but Bruce Arians, I'm going to say it right now loud and proud, Bruce Arians is a little bitch. I don't care. Like I don't care if that's going to get me in trouble or whatever. Bruce Arians said to the media Ronald Jones needs to be having 20-plus touches a game. Like, he didn't control that. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> You're not... Yeah. M- this isn't Max Kellerman being like, Ronald Jones needs to have 20-plus right, touches a game. it's not an analyst. It's not me saying um, Antonio Gibson needs to be used more, and then I have no say in what it is. Bruce Arians can literally go and be like, he needs to have 20 touches or, like... Like, you're losing play-calling ability to the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Or, like, he'll pull Tom Brady. If he really cares about 20 touches, give him 20 touches. And then he just doesn't do it. 
So I just don't trust Arians. Mm. I really don't. And Adam Thielen's had five touchdowns over the past three weeks. Yeah. Two, two, and one. So the man, I mean, he's also had a lot of games where he only has like 40 yards, but he catches touchdowns. And so that's what we need. Touchdowns matter in playoffs. Touchdowns win games. I have lost to this man that I played this week because he decided to start some wild, like he started Carson Wentz, didn't do anything. He started Jarvis Landry. Why do you still have him on your team? Like why is he not why is he not on your bench? He just Both. started he just started people that got touchdowns. That's all he did. And he wins. So that's that's the matter. That's what matters. The man, touchdowns. the myth, the legend. Yeah. Benjamin. Dayton. Let's move on to the next guy. <clears throat> we got Brandon Cooks at Chicago or Kareem Hunt versus Baltimore on Monday night. I'll go first on this one. I'm gonna go with Brandon Cooks. <gasps> But I don't like either. I agree. Kareem Hunt has been lacking these past couple weeks. I believe in the past three weeks, he has 140 total yards. Not rushing. Total. Receiving and rushing. 140 in three weeks. Oof. He only has one touchdown. And he only has two touchdowns since week six. Mm. Nick Chubb is the man. And now it seems like they are trusting Baker Mayfield more to sling the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Baker's having much better numbers as of late. And I just don't see – I see Kareem Hunt kind of being forced out of the offense. Kareem Hunt needs to have uh, a big play or he needs to get lucky and, like, Nick Chubb has that big 70-yard run down to the four-yard line, and then they pull him because, you know, you run 70 yards, you're tired. For me, I run to the bathroom 10 yards, and I'm exhausted. Well, there's no time for exercise right now, so it's okay. <laughs> so he's like – and then Kareem Hunt steals the touchdown. Like, the, yeah, he needs to vulture it. Otherwise, you need Kareem Hunt to be having big plays. You need him to break off a 55-yard run. You need him to catch the ball and run for, for 40 yards. Because he's just not getting he's just not getting the work. Right. He's not doing it. So I'm I gotta go with Brandon Cooks just because he's the number one and I don't have a lot of positive things to say about Cooks. Neither do I, especially if you read the uh article that I did this week for Brandon Cooks. I said to uh sit him. And even okay, so I'm saying to sit Brandon Cooks this week. However, in this specific matchup I'm saying you should choose Brandon Cooks. So that might sound weird. I know that sounds very confusing. So mathematically, yeah. Kareem Hunt is also a sit. Technically, yes. That is logic right there. Yeah. Um, but to that, my point, and I also mentioned this in that article, when we get to this point in the season, it becomes like you're going by the thinnest of margins of who to play and who not to play. So yes, you're going to go with streamers, but you're also going to want to you're going to have to make tough decisions on who you play and who you don't play and sometimes it's going to be a guy who got you there to the playoffs throughout throughout most of the season but then when it comes to like these next few weeks it's like hmm i have to decide between a two really good players and in this matchup i think brandon cooks it that's sort of like 
it's between two not as good players going into this week. But still, my point is the margins are thin between who to start and who not to start, and it gets really tough, like this matchup. So if I had to choose between the two, it's Brandon Cooks because he's just a better player than Kareem Hunt is right now based off all the things that Ian said. Right now. Yes. That's the important thing. You have to you have to be able to forget what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to go with who's hot right now. Yes. Because who's hot right now wins the championships. It's just the facts. Um, let's move on. Um, yeah. Um, and I was just, because, yeah, with even though he was supposed to be the number one this past week, Brandon Cooks was outbid by Chad Henson or H- Chad Hansen and Kiki Cootie. To be fair, Cooks did get that um, possible concussion. He did miss some time in the game, um, so, so that could be why. So, yeah, like Keone was saying, Cooks, you don't want to use these next two weeks. They're difficult. He's got Chicago and then Indianapolis again. But if you're able to make that championship and you got Cooks on your lineup, he's going against the Bengals. Ooh. And that should be a – that should that – should, that is – the best present mm. that yeah. you can receive two days after Christmas. Nice. So let's move to the next one. DeAndre Swift versus Green Bay or Raheem Mostert versus the Washington Washingtons. Do you want me to start? I would. Okay, great. So this isn't like, these are all pretty tough. So like I said before, JJ did a quite a good job. You're going to get all the tough ones first. Yes. Cause I'm a jerk. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so the thing with these two is I think both, regardless, are going to share reps. So I think Raheem Mostert is going to share with Jeff Wilson and Swift if he plays. That's a, that's the thing with Swift is if he plays. So that's a big factor in this decision. Um, he'll be switching reps with um, Adrian Peterson, who has – gotten a few touchdowns in the, the eternal yes and future hall of famer um are you sure uh, sarcastic yeah okay. of course <laughs> yes no he's one of like he had his stats are ridiculous um but basically swift has a like they're sort of polar opposites in certain stats so swift has a much better matchup with the green bay packers who are the 30th ranked defense against the rush while raheem mostert going against washington I think is like the third, third or second against the run. And they have given up less than 50 yards in each game in the past three games to running backs, which is crazy. Um, while the Packers have given up over 100 yards in three out of their past four games. So that's like, see, they're polar opposites there. Um, but And Swift, though, opens his more, like, he's more in the pass game than Mostert is. So that's good. But Mostert still catches passes though. True. He catches a couple screens a game. Like he he can get four to five catches a game. It's not unreasonable. I I don't see him getting like that McKissick ten targets in a game, but I do see him getting a good amount. Okay. Then for me, I think I if Swift plays, I think I go with Swift. And oh obviously if he doesn't play, you pick Mostert. But <laughs> I like the ceiling of Swift more than I do Mostert. Because even even though Mostert has really good yards per carry, which I think Ian might talk about. Oh, more. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna mention okay. that. Um, 
I think my gut is leaning me towards Swift because I've seen what he's done. Like I've liked what he's done in this year. And unfortunately he was like stymied by that injury or the illness. And so, but still I think because of what I've seen him do, I pick Swift. It's tough though. As it is right now today, I have to go with Mostert. I'm in this point where I have to go at such equal people. I have to go with the dude I know is playing. And him and Jeff Wilson have been sharing touches, but he has been better than Jeff Wilson. Um, he has 5.1 yards per carry this year. His career is 5.7 yards per carry. He does not have enough to be on the all-time list, but if, if he was, he'd be third all-time behind Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick, number one, tied with Marion Motley. This man... Throwback. Yeah, this man gets... Every time he touches the ball, he gets yards. So that's the that's my issue. If this is a fully healthy game, I think I got to go with DeAndre Swift because of the matchup. Mm-hmm. Yes. But DeAndre Swift... Like we said earlier, the coach said that he could be bringing him back slowly. Did that mean practice, or does that mean the game, too? Right. So if they're splitting touches, DeAndre Swift might only get, like, eight carries. And then you're hoping for DeAndre Swift to bust out one of those carries or catch the ball or whatever. Um, And plus, in this game, I much more likely see Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, who's playing MVP-level football. Yeah, I, I see Green Bay scoring most of their drives. And what's that going to lead to? Passing. Matt Stafford having to pass. And so I don't see DeAndre Swift getting a lot of carries. I see DeAndre Swift maybe catching the ball more, which helps, especially PPR leagues. But we're also at a point where you do have to throw the ball downfield. You can only do so many checkdowns, no matter what Alex Smith likes to tell you. So I got to go with Mostert right now. Mostert's playing against a better team. He's more likely to get the lion's share, especially if he comes out and he starts doing really well. I mean, even at the beginning of the season, Mostert uh, had a game where he had like five touches. And on the third touch that he had, he busted out for 75 yards and a touchdown. He ended that game with an injury and he ended the game with 82 yards and a touchdown. So like even playing only one quarter, he still got me, what, eight, 14 points. Mm-hmm. So Mostert's more likely to me to have that big breakout play and immediately grab you 10 points. And then if nothing else happens after that, which is possible, he still got you 10 points. True. Meanwhile, DeAndre Swift, I think you're going to be watching the whole game and be like, come on, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. get it. Let's mm-hmm. get some stuff. So as it lays right now, I have to go with Mostert. Fair enough. That's a fair argument because the uncertainty of it. But yeah, let's go to the next one. I'll do this one first. Antonio Gibson at San Francisco. Zeke at Cincy. Kareem Hunt at Baltimore. I'm going to go and just eliminate Kareem Hunt right now. Yes. If we will start Brandon Cooks over Kareem Hunt, I would start Antonio Gibson or Zeke over um, Brandon Cooks. For sure. Zeke has a very good matchup. But if Antonio Gibson plays, he was the RB1 from weeks 9 through 12. 
I left out 13 intentionally because he got hurt after his two carries. Two plays, yeah. So he he was like RB like 50 or whatever it was because he had two 14 points. yards? Yeah, he had 14 points or 1.4 points. Mm. He had nothing, but he got injured. If you include week 13, he's still RB2 Correct. over that span. The man was on fire, and you can't deny that. You can't deny him being like, if he plays, he's getting touchdowns, he's getting yards, he's doing it all. He's scoring the ball at an astounding rate. The one issue we have is he's injured. Hmm. He could be out of the game. It's a real toss-up right now. And if he is out of the game, I still go Zeke. Zeke isn't looking like Zeke. His offense is struggling. His team has imploded around him. But he's going against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is terrible. And Zeke is still talented enough to get points by himself. So, overall, go with Gibson. Gibson's out. Go with Zeke. For some reason, they're both out. Go somewhere else. Not Cream Hunt. I don't like Cream Hunt this week at all. And so, obviously, Cream Hunt is now going to score three touchdowns and like 180 yards. Because that's how it works. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say because I think we can agree 100% on that. And we're trying to give the honorary award to Antonio Gibson because he's just that good. But it's he's looking doubtful for this week. So that's pretty unfortunate. But that sort of gives Ezekiel Elliott the default win in this one because he's just the best of the three. Because Kareem Hunt, yeah, as we said, don't play him this week. He doesn't really look good this week. Antonio Gibson probably won't play this week. And that leaves Zeke, who will be on the field and who is not injured. Just on a he's just on a bad team, but he goes against a bad team. So Yeah. And he yeah. So Let's go to just so much. So like, it's so upfitting of the Cowboys to get like the default win. The, and they might lose. Yeah. That's the thing. These, I'm going to say these next couple ones are the hardest ones. So, um, there's going to be an asterisk right here that I'm putting. These are all very hard. This first one, especially these ones are, um, pretty much all a coin flip and uh, disclaimer we could be wrong very well always yeah (laughs) let's go with the 49ers defense special teams versus Washington or the Washington defense and special teams versus the 49ers I'll go first I feel like JJ did these on purpose like he's he's not here on purpose just to make yeah JJ JJ was like these are going to be real hard so I don't want to do the research for this (laughs) um Let's 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 start it off. Okay. I literally have this in my notes. It's a coin flip. Mm. I did all the research and I said it's a coin flip. Wild if this goes into overtime where it comes down to a coin flip. Oh my god. San Francisco has 17 forced turnovers. Washington only has 14. San Francisco has 21 sacks. Washington has 36. That's a diff- big difference. San Francisco has uh, a higher hurry and knockdown percentage on quarterbacks so that means just washington if they get to the quarterback they're sacking him okay but they never are hurrying him or knocking him down. right okay <sighs> i'm gonna give the edge to san francisco Ooh. 
because they're sneaky right now. They have snakes. They're finally getting healthy. Their defense has been struggling this year, but they're still performing well. And the reason I got to give them the um the little edge, they went they have to play the NFC West for mm-hmm. 6 games. Yeah. That includes offenses like the Seahawks. True. The Rams, which are not great again, like they're not as great this year, but they're still good they offense. Two of the best wide receivers in the league. Yes. And the Cardinals, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. That's one at one point an MVP candidate. That is six of their games. Washington gets to go against the NFC East for six games. And they've already and Washington's already played five of those six division games. Okay. That means they get to go against the Giants. Mm-hmm. They get to go against the Eagles. And they get get to go against the Cowboys. All of those teams are not good on offense. No. Philly has been just decimated. A, uh, yeah, like just absolutely don't just know what's happening with him. The Cowboys have been injured so hard. It's a black hole. That they have no offense. And the Giants just are so mismanaged <laughs> that they don't have an offense. The only reason they're winning is their defense is performing well as of late. And I would say uh, Wayne Gallman. Yeah, Wayne Gallman's been doing good. So that's the only reason I have the edge for San Francisco is because I feel their stats are more real and Washington has a little bit of an advantage. Kind of like whenever you see that the New England Patriots um, won their division for all those years. It was like, well, they were going against the Jets, the Dolphins, and then the Bills. Who right. finally got decent? So because it's like Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, good for you, but who are you playing? True. That's that's a that's fair. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Washington, and this is a little bit of a completely fair. Like, I'm not gonna argue against it. Um, this is a little bit of like my just my personal. I've enjoyed like their story a little bit more than San Francisco. Where I have a more of like that little personal tie in terms of fantasy to them this year than I do San Francisco. So it's not necessarily a stat-based thing as much as what Ian was saying for San Francisco, although Washington still has the stats to back it up. But I pick Washington less because of their defense and more because of their offense going against San Francisco. Because I think even though they probably won't have Antonio Gibson, which really potentially hurts, however, if they do have Antonio Gibson, I think this is just even better for Washington. Um, <clears throat> because I think they have much like I've been talking about for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. If you look at it, their offense has like their players have their specific roles. So Antonio Gibson is that hard nose running, One running goal, back. Know your role. Exactly. <laughs> like do your job and you win the game. Um, so Antonio Gibson, when he's in, he's that hard nose classic running back. will sh- shove it down your throat and get in the end zone. J.D. McKissick is that check down pat, like check down runner who catches that, the ball. That third and long, mm-hmm. put him in, yeah. And he also gets in the end zone a decent amount. And Alex Smith really likes that check down to his running back, hence the 10 catches he had this past game. Logan Thomas has come out as a decent tight end. He's one of the top tight ends of the league as, as past, of the past few weeks. And he's sort of really jiving with Alex Smith right now as one of his top wide receivers. He's a jab turkey. Yeah. 
he's just really, they're having a really good connection right now, which is important. And then you have Terry McLaurin, who is the deep ball, deep threat guy who can catch the ball 60 to 70 yards down the field if Alex Smith can throw that far. But if any, if not, he'll catch, he'll get those yards after the catch. So, like, they cover multiple grounds in terms of the offense. Yeah, and Alex Smith is just there to game manage. Exactly, but so. it, it works. He's one yeah. of the best game managers ever, I think. So <laughs> He made me learn what the term game manager <laughs> was. Exactly. Like, like when they say, oh, but look up the dictionary term of that, and it's like the picture. That's Alex Smith next to game manager. Yeah. So I think in that regard, and this is me not getting away, I guess, from the argument of the defense versus defense, but I think – because of Washington's offense, that poses more of a threat to San Francisco's defense than San Francisco does to Washington, even though Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are a very fun duo to watch. So you're so what you're saying is that because everybody on Washington has a specific role and that they really only do that role, mm-hmm. besides I would argue Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin okay. is just kind of all around good. He's wide just really receiver. good. Yeah, he's their he best. He catches player. the deep yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with Alex Smith, you don't really have that. So he does. He's able to catch yards him. after the catch, though. So exactly. But since they all have their specific role and they're all doing very specific things, it'll be harder for that defense to cover everybody every play. Exactly. Yeah. You're saying somebody's going to get person the, yeah. will will win their battle. Yes. Okay. I I respect it. It's kind of a workaround, but I understand. Yeah, it's just it's, my it's my side. You know, I've tried to find a way. Meanwhile, to... I would argue that the San Francisco offense is the complete opposite. Everybody on that offense does has, everything. Has to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, Debo has to block sometimes. They mm-hmm. have to do. Run, he also like, runs the ball sometimes. <laughs> yeah, all their running backs have to like catch, catch the yeah. ball too. The only person that's not asked to do more is when he's in there is Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're going to hand the ball off or you're going to run a play action. <laughs> True. I also think this would be very different if Kittle was playing. Kittle and or Garoppolo were playing. I think it would be very different. If Kittle or Garoppolo were playing, I'm definitely giving San Francisco the edge. I would agree. I would agree. Um, Because Kittle is just a monster. Kittle can block and catch the ball, and he has gorgeous hair. And DM me, Kittle, please. What's your routine? (laughs) Yeah, what's your routine? I want to know what you do with that hair. (laughs) So I need it. What that hair do? So, um... After two votes, we were uh, split on that, if you guys didn't notice it. Um, either's a good option. I'm going to say mm-hmm. either's a good option this week. We might do a – we should probably do a poll with some of these. I can I can throw a poll yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Some of our more tough ones. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next tough one. T.Y. Hilton or Michael Pittman. Both wide receivers for Indianapolis – both obviously going against Las Vegas. <laughs> Not, oh, one of them. Darn. One of them's going against Vegas. I know. The other like, oh, I like Pittman's matchup better. <laughs> so my thing is, oh, it's who do I like better personally? Mm-hmm. Pittman, because Ty has scorned me. Like he's hurt I, my feelings. I figured you would, yeah, do this. However, I'm actually like we said earlier. It's playoffs. You got to ride the hot hand. Shakus. <gasps> and unless you see something. Uh, Unless, like, Las Vegas had Jalen Ramsey and then nobody else on defense, and I'd be like, well, who's Jalen Ramsey going to shadow the whole time? And then I'd go the opposite. No. Vegas doesn't have a great defense. They really need a good pass rusher. They should trade for Khalil Mack or something. (laughs) I just love bringing that up. So, T.Y. past two weeks has been the guy. He's wide receiver six over the past two weeks. He's scored twice in a row. 
Michael Pittman had the two weeks before him. And really, besides those four games for both of those guys, they haven't done much all season. Michael Pittman had like one other good, decent game. T.Y. Hilton has just been disrespecting his grandma all season. Mm. I, I'm not a fan of either of them just because of the way that offense is. Yeah, the offense is so weird. And also the fact that, like we said, you have to ride the hot hand right now. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to argue that look at what they've done this season. They could have just had two good games. Yeah. They each could have just had two good games, and that's it. It's very hot potato in Indianapolis. So I would prefer to have a sample size of, like, they've had three or four good games in a row. Let's keep riding it. Mm-hmm. But you got to make the big play. I'm going to go with T.Y. just because he's the hot hand right now. You pretty much said everything that I was probably going to say, both in terms of the two games versus the two games. and Because, yeah, they flipped, basically. Because I think Pittman was basically reactivated off his injury, and then he had two really good games. I think he had a game with a like over 100 yards, and then he had a game with a touchdown. And then since then, it hasn't really done much. But likewise, or oppositely, I guess, T.Y. Hilton, in those first two games that Pittman was playing, didn't really do anything, much like he didn't really do anything prior to the season. And then these past two games, it's been the T.Y. Hilton show with Phillip Rivers. So it's like, yeah, he has he has the two touchdowns. And like you said, yeah, the hot hand. I, I have to go with T.Y. Hilton because I, I in my mind, I don't know, like there's some, this, like, in terms of gambling, this doesn't make sense because you're not supposed to do this in gambling. But oh, in terms the, of like, oh, it's been doing this, so it'll keep doing this. <laughs> like when you go to the roulette table, and yes. it's like the past five have been red, and it's like, okay, well, it's literally a fifty-fifty chance. Yes. So, however, in this, there's a little bit more like statistics to it, and there's a little bit more factors to yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a true. It's not like you're. It's not like you're gambling on literally the coin flip every yes. game. Um. So because of that, I think. I'm yeah, I'm gonna go with Hilton as well because he until he shows me that he can't do it this game, I'm gonna pick Hilton. Yeah. I I'm not mad at Michael Pittman if, no, if he's, he's picked, a great player but and it's, the future of that team. Uh, oh yes. But I think it really goes to show that um unless you have a true number one, like very talented receiver for Phillip Rivers, like you did with Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. he really just throws who's open. Yeah. Like Big Phil, I mean, he overthrows who's open a lot of the time, but Big Phil is a equal access, like Oker, equal opportunity. Equal opportunity employer. Yeah. He he throws to whomever. It doesn't matter. And yeah. that's probably because of how many injuries he had to deal with when he was on the Chargers. And so he was like, hello, what's your name? Great. Go run a nine and I'm going to throw it to you. Yeah. Like, he's, he's full on like the rock where somebody comes up to him and is like, hi, I'm, he's like, nope doesn't matter what your name is i don't care if you can get open i'm throwing to you doesn't matter what your name is yeah it does not matter i don't, I don't even know half of my children's name <laughs> but you know what they all get a bike for christmas yes. so. they are set for life <laughs> yeah let's go let's go to the next one jared goff versus new england kirk cousins versus tampa bay mm. i'm gonna say the same thing i said with ty ride the hot hand kirk cousins has three touchdowns in the past three games. Like, three in each of the past three games. Tampa Bay is a very, very good run defense. They are not a great pass defense. 
They are 22nd in passing yards allowed and 24th in passing touchdowns allowed. They're, they get picks, and they shut down the run, and that's why they're doing so well on defense that you see. So I don't – like, it's probable that Kirk Cousins will throw a pick, but if Kirk Cousins is doing what he's doing and he throws, like, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception – Interceptions are only minus two, and touchdowns are plus four. So, I'll take I'll take that little hit to get the three touchdowns. Yeah, he like he still he had three touchdowns and an interception in in this past game, and he still did really well. Like he had a really good game. So, and to keep with the sort of the gambling metaphors, I'm going to refer to a a 1989 Richard Dreyfus film in terms of so Kirk Cousins and, so specific. and say, let it ride on the man. Because you've had him going the past three weeks, three to four weeks, he's been really, really well, and just keep keep pushing it to the Kirk Cousins side of the, the, the felt board. You know, because as we've mentioned before, Jared Goff has been in the notorious Kevin Sorbo Disappointed Award Player of the Week, and... Kirk Cousins has not, at least since the induction of that segment. <laughs> Three weeks ago? <laughs> um, basically, we're saying Jared Goff has disappointed us because he had the potential and he just didn't do well, whereas Kirk Cousins has surprised us. Let, also, let's go with the rec- let's go with recency because that's what we've been mm-hmm. we've been cramming. Like, it's more important to go with who's been recent. Um, think about it. It's week fourteen. 14 weeks, we were all different people. Yeah. Um, I thought we would have no more coronavirus 14 weeks ago. Well, and look you're where a we're fool. at. I am a fool. So if we go most recent game, Jared Goff had 351 yards, a passing touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. That's why he had a decent game. You got 10 points just off touchdowns right there. 350 yards is, if you do 25 yards... 12 Over points. 10 points, yeah. Yeah, so he had 24 points right there. But then you go back and you look, the game before that, less than 200 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. The game before that, 376, three touchdowns, two interceptions. It's been sporadic. And then the game before that against Seattle. The disappointing game. 300 yards. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I just don't get it. So yeah. I'm going to go with the man who's been scoring three touchdowns consistently. For yeah, the past and three Mr. Games. Consistent, Kirk Cousins. Right As a plate, Mr. Consistent. Like, um, like 300 yards, three touchdowns. Like in, That's him. Yeah. That's his, that's what he's doing. And he has Justin Jefferson, who's lighting it up yards-wise. And he has Adam Thielen, who just is like, okay, I'll come in and play in the red zone. Yeah. Like 20 yards in, I'm your guy. I got this. So, um, in terms, Also in terms of Jared Goff. The New England defense, as we've said, and specifically um, Bill Belichick, he picks a specific player or group on their opponents each week, and he shuts them down. And I feel like this week, because the best players on that team are the two wide receivers and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I think he's going to try and he's going to do a decent his best job to shut them down. He is going to blitz the hell out of the Rams because yes. that's his best game plan. Actually, so. let me be fair. I'm not arguably the greatest coach of all time. It pains me to say that, but Bill, Ch- Bill Belichick close, is though. probably the greatest coach of all time. 
I'm not as good as him. He might have, he might see some other little statistical thing that he's like, if we beat him here, we will win. He has like a sixth sense with these things. It's, it's stupid. If he's like, you know what? Tyler Higby is their linchpin and they shut down Higby and it's just like, what happened? Then everything else falls apart. Yeah. You saw it last week with the Chargers, but the Chargers are really simple because the Chargers aren't coached well. Hot take. No, that's so hot. I, that's a fair take, though. So, um, yeah, I see them going after Goff and trying to shut him down as best as possible. Yeah, that passing like game it. is going to be rough. Especially if Cam Akers is out. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, let's go to the next one. Jamison Crowder at Seattle. Mike Williams versus Atlanta. You, you go this one first. For me, this was a little bit easier because I've been sort of on him a bit this whole season. I think Jamison Crowder, I pick him because pretty much he's the only viable player in that Jets offense besides maybe a running back you're streaming for a week. So unless that matchup <laughs> is good for the running back, you're playing Jamison Crowder because he's the guy who gets in the end zone on that team and he also gets a decent amount of targets when he does well like other guys like Perriman get passes but not really a lot of those guys get into the end zone or at least haven't gotten in the end zone as many times as um Jameson Crowder and I know Jameson Crowder has been hurt a few times this this year which is brutal but when he plays it's like oh yeah Jameson Crowder is like the only guy there and whereas Mike Williams I think even earlier this week we said to drop him so even though Atlanta is an incredibly good matchup, Seattle's not a is a also a really good matchup. And I just Keenan Allen seems to be the the main guy for her uh Herbert. So yeah, for me it's simple cuz yeah, Mike Williams is not a starter or is not the main guy and Jameson Crowder is like the only guy. Mike Williams uh really only catches the deep ball, the circus, or catch. or the circus catch, like we said earlier this week or last week, whenever we said it. Um, with that said, Mike Williams is a, like low key one of the guys I want to say like he's a deep sleeper this week. Like he could have something. Okay. However, is there stats for that or no no no? That's okay. just that's just pure feeling, pure gut, pure gut. I'm just kind of like Mike Williams has it. And that's why I can't argue, like, saying, go start Mike Williams. Okay. Because it's just one of those feelings where I'm like, I feel like he's going to have a game. Maybe maybe JJ knew more about this one than, than we knew. <laughs> so, um, especially with Mims out, who is the mm. only person, um, Denzel Mims has been the only one that's been seeing targets as of late for, that, for uh, the Jets team. It's Crowder. Crowder is going into the worst pass defense, according to Yards, in Seattle. He's Sam Darnold's favorite target. Who is also back now. Yeah. He caught two touchdowns last week. Jameson Crowder has missed some weeks. He's only played in eight games. And he's caught a touchdown in half of those. He caught two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he eats targets. Uh, you could see when Joe Flacco came, he stopped because you literally Elite. just see it. Yeah, you literally just see it drop off. But Sam Darnold's back. He got seven he got seven targets to start off the season. I know we're going back way far, but this is the this is the data we have with him and Sam Darnold. He had 13, 10, 10, 13 targets. That's really good. Seven, seven, eight, seven receptions. 
He started off the game, his first, th- or start off the season, his first three games all over 100 yards. Those were always Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. He has that ability. He's, yeah. he's the favorite target. They like doing it. And you know what? This might be a farewell tour for Sam Darnold because I doubt he's going to be with the Jets in 2021. He's probably going to move on because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. I know, hot take. Knowing the Jets, they'll screw up the draft when they have the number one pick, and they'll take like a random defensive lineman that they don't need. A guy they think looks like Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> like who's behind the dumpster somewhere. They'll they'll take that that girl on TikTok who was <laughs> that looked like Trevor Lawrence that one time. Um, if and that's if Trevor Lawrence decides to not play in college next year. Remember that the Jets are so bad that Trevor Lawrence might opt back in to go back to college. They're good for they're good for education. The man, the man who would have could have been the number one pick if he was eligible last year, decides he might go back to college at Clemson. Clemson's not a school; they're a football program that has classes. Mm-hmm. He might go back to college because the Jets are so bad and Adam Gase is so garbage. Mm. So that's I, I just I just love shit on the jets hour it's let's move there's on. there's so much material let's move on we have to go to the next one we have a couple okay. more Devonte parker versus kansas city or marquise hollywood brown versus cleveland you can start this one off. okay similar to the um specific quarterback I'm, I'm it helps that you brought up joe flacco elite in terms of this argument elite. because there's a similar situation i feel in uh miami because with Fitzmagic, Parker was getting a ton of reception, or a ton of targets at least. Like he was the guy that Fitzpatrick was going to. But now that Tua is, seems to be like the head guy, or the guy that's starting, I should say, because Brian Flores totally knows what he's doing. Um, hot take. Loki does. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <clears throat> He's not getting. You, there's a clear difference between the two when Fitzpatrick is in and when Tua is in, because Tua throws it around like he really liked Gasecki last week, and it's just not the same. Like, look, he sort of looks like a different player between the two quarterbacks, and I think Marquise Brown, even though, well, they're both decent. They're both kind of eh, matchups, but I'm gonna choose Brown. Because, yes. Hollywood? Yes. Okay. And especially since it's not the time to drop him. He has great matchups. Yeah, he, going he's into... having a great, and he's scored the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. So Again, that really hand. Like, I said it, I said it a couple weeks ago, and I'm really hoping I'm right. Hollywood Brown is somebody you could be looking at right now, especially if he randomly got dropped and you kind of need that wide receiver. He's not getting a lot of it, but... If Lamar Jackson plays like Lamar Jackson just played on Tuesday, Marquise Brown is going to get it. He he got the targets. He didn't get a lot of yards, but he got the touchdown. And he's had touchdowns two weeks in a row. And you, like we were saying, you need that hot hand. However, with all that said, I do have to go with Parker. Wild. I'm going with Parker because I see... Even though Miami's good and they're kind of like the Cinderella story a little bit this year, Kansas City is the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would love to say that's a hot take. It's not. Like, yeah. They lost to the Raiders team. We get that. It's a divisional game, whatever. 
everyone was saying the Steelers before, but the Steelers, I have always been saying the Chiefs are the best team. I also think a lot of people were waiting for the Steelers to lose a game to be like, oh, the Chiefs are the best. Oh, the Chiefs. It's yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. It's the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs have always been the best mm-hmm. team. Every time Patrick Mahomes has that ball, he can score. Dr. Mahomes. I see Patrick Mahomes scoring a lot of points. And what will that lead to? Whoever is playing, if it's Magic, Tua, if it is Tua, having to throw the ball and playing from behind. So who's going to get more garbage time points? Parker. Mm. What happened last time They play, uh, the Browns played the Ravens? Yeah, sorry. The Ravens, it was 38-6. to six. With the... the Ravens winning. Okay. Ravens smacked them. Mm. Dominated them. Laid the smack down. Yeah, it was also the best game Marquise Brown's had all year. He had 101 yards. But that's just what it is. It's just he... They, they smacked them. So if it is that game again, are they going to be done by the third quarter or the fourth quarter? They're not going to play the whole time? Are they going to be able to run? You know that you know that team is very run first, run with Lamar, run with their three running backs, all this stuff. They're not going to pass it. If they can score four touchdowns all running, I can see Lamar Jackson having 80 pass yards. And 80 pass yards is the technicality because you can't literally run the ball 100% of a game. Do you remember what week that was where they faced the Browns? Week one. It was really long ago. Don't get me wrong. It was. Okay. I think there's a huge difference between the Browns in that game than the 9 and 3 Browns right now specifically this in this past week with um Baker Mayfield going big dick energy like there he is, is found there is they're they're very different teams i agree uh Baltimore's kind of on the down uh Cleveland's on the up with that being said i know this is a different Cleveland team history has always stated true Cleveland against the other Ohio team, Cincinnati, great games, mm-hmm. close games, whatever. Yeah. Same Cleveland year, against yeah. the Steelers or the Ravens, blowouts almost okay. every time. Just not close. Even if the box score says it was close, they probably scored two garbage time touchdowns. That's what scares me. Regardless of how bad, like, I think that the Ravens are the best, worst, like, sorry, they're the worst good team okay and i just don't know where the cleveland browns are right now i really don't so it's hard to say yeah it, it really depends on if baker mayfield can keep up his mojo because yeah. he it's it was like a, 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 a switch flicking like on yeah in that in this past game but i think i'm still gonna stick with that's a really good argument and like i was swayed there for like a little bit like, yeah maybe never mind <laughs> <laughs> um but I think I like Brown. I like Marquise Brown's like ability to just get a seventy-yard play, whether it's Fair. a deep ball or he it's yards after the catch. Fair. Like he he can have that in a random game. Fair. I I, I get that. And not that Parker can't, but I see Brown doing it or Brown relying on it more than Parker. I yeah. It's just it's also just one of those things where I think that the Browns being nine and three was helped by three games in a row of terrible weather. That's yes. When their team is built to already run the ball as heavy as they were, they didn't have to act like they were going to pass. Like at least in a normal clear weather game, they have to, they can't be like, we're going to run the ball every single play. 
they at least have the threat of passing. Mm -hmm. And so every once in a while they have to pass to mix it in. And it just happened to be that Baker did really well this week. In those three crap weather games, they they were like, no, we have to run the ball. You really expect us to throw? Like, I don't expect you guys to throw. And so it really helped them. I mean, they beat the Texans 10-7 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, that, that's, what it, that's um, fair. That's why I'm going with Parker. Okay. I just think that they, he's going to get more late game touches, targets, because of yeah. Kansas City going up on him. Garbage time is a good argument. Garbage. There is no such garbage time as fantasy. I use the phrase, but there is no such thing as garbage time in fantasy football. Oh, it's just points is points? It's points or points. Okay. Uh, let's go with Jarvis Landry versus Baltimore. Debo Samuel versus Washington. Debo could be out. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Jarvis has been hot. He has. Mm-hmm. His best two games like of the season. Best two games. Kind of relies on Baker. Yes. Baker, possibly. It, if you told me Baker's stat line against Baltimore was 150 yards and zero touchdowns, but zero interceptions, I'd be like, yeah. That. Okay. Baker, no surprise. And, well, let's just be real. If you want to have a good game as a wide receiver, your quarterback needs to throw for that amount of yards. Yes. It, like, Seeing as he got like 143 off his 250-something. Yeah, there was 110 other yards that didn't go to Jarvis Landry. That's really what scares me. Debo, at least, will run the ball. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of targets. It's him and Brandon Ayuk and Jordan Reed a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. th- once again, either play is fine. I understand Jarvis Landry hot right now. Debo, it's not like he's not hot. He's he's doing well. Um, I'm just – I honestly am just – it's a coin flip for this one too. Yeah, I think this one is, is a little um, – is close. I have a, a pivot option that makes this – not as close, but I think because of Debo Samuel's like injury, slight injury status, I think I have to give the edge to Jarvis Landry, even though they like, yeah, like you were saying, I was trying to, when I was looking at this, I'm like, oh, Jarvis Landry is the hot hand, but then it's like, oh, so Debo Samuel's not. It's like, no, he's had, he has good games. Like he does solid performances. Yeah. It's like first game back, he got like 14 targets. Yeah. So it's not like he's doing bad, but I think because of that injury and, be, and it, again, like you said, it all depends on Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield can find those extra few inches like he did last last week, looking downstairs. Um, and the big dick energy, uh-huh. are you really saying? It's, it seems I like it's it. what he did. It. Like, for real, though. It's like, oh, there's more to this? Hmm. And then just gave him the confidence he's, to play. Like, he's getting those commercials, too. Yeah, still. that's true. His girlfriend is attractive. Anyways. <laughs> if that's his girlfriend, I don't know, whatever. That's... Uh, okay, let's go to the other podcast where we talk all about Baker Mayfield's potential girlfriend. <laughs> um, anyways, if Baker, if Baker Mayfield has the confidence that he did, like he did last week. Sorry, I thought of a good name for that. We're calling that one the Mayflower. Okay. Mayfield's like, flower. Mm, he really, yeah, flower and his flower Sorry. experience. Okay, <laughs> anyways. Um, I think if he can do that again, Jarvis Landry is going to do really well. So my pivot, though, is, and that makes this really, really, I think, easier. Instead of Debo Samuel, if you throw in, like, Brandon Ayuk, I think clearly you go Brandon Ayuk. Okay. At least for me. I think you go, it makes it a lot easier to go with Brandon Ayuk than it is Debo Samuel. 
Okay, I'll argue for Jarvis real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, these past two weeks were really the first two weeks that Jarvis was the number one wide receiver. True, because of the weather. Oh, well, Odell was out mm-hmm. for the. He's been out for a while. However, um, there was those real rough weather games where, like we've already said, there was no threat of passing. They could not have been doing that. And so this is finally like, you know what? We can do both. We can run. We can pass. We can do whatever. And we don't have Odell. And Jarvis is here. Like, Jarvis is the guy. And Jarvis was the guy. Mm -hmm. He got the targets. He got the catches. He got the touchdown. So I still like, even with Brandon Ayuk, I think I... No, actually, Brandon Ayuk has been hot, too. You're right. It's it's weird. I'm actually going to talk about Brandon Ayuk. I, I got to go with, if you, like, if there's a pivot, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, he, Debo, uh, maybe. still good, though. Yeah. Just because of the, injury the threat of injury. Let's go to our next one. Dalton Schultz versus Cincinnati, the tight end for the Cowboys. Or John New Smith, tight end for Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Smith missed the last game. He could also miss this one. And then the game before that, he had... Zero mm. targets, zero goose egg, everything. Mm. He did get hurt, but he got hurt late in the game. This one, I really had no argument. I have no argument. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of either of these ones. I have had Smith on my team. I've been starting Smith regularly because he has seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's still like second in the league for tight ends, right? Behind like Waller and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I think Waller has seven as well. Yes, I think two. he got seven, yeah, this past so, week. So, that's the thing is Smith gets touchdowns. He just got a lot of them in the beginning. He's yeah. not getting them as much now. He's kind of that by the wayside. That offense is not as... Is A.J. Brown out? Maybe? Yeah. If Brown's out and Smith's in, that's that helps Smith a lot. True, because that's the other option besides Davis. Yeah, um, Dalton Schultz versus Cincinnati is going against a garbage team, but Schultz hasn't been getting the touchdown. Yeah, who like he's one of those guys where it's like this is why the tight ends are not like doing good this year. Like he's just fallen into that realm of like, oh yeah, he's one of the other tight ends. He's a guy that exists in the NFL. It, like unfortunately, I'm sure he's a nice person unless he's not. But yeah, this one is. Ugh. It it really goes to show. That if you don't have Kelsey and you don't have, for a lesser extent, Waller Mm -hmm. and you don't have Kittle, Kittle, who was injured this year, you don't have a tight end. Yeah. You have somebody that you're streaming frequently. Mark Andrews is one of those guys that you maybe have. Um, It also makes me actually very tempted next year to just say, screw it. I'm going to go get Kelsey as soon as I can. As the first, as one of your first picks, if not the first pick. Uh, Big. Yeah, just because, you know what, like, mm-hmm. all the other guys, there's a lot of, you can find value. It's hard, but you can find that James Robinson who's giving True. you a lot of value and Although, who is deep. I would pick a running back second if I were to do that. I'm not picking Travis Kelsey first overall. Okay. I'm not, or like, first round. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, if I have that, if I have the first overall pick, and it's snake drafts, and so I have the last pick of the second round and the first pick of the third. Okay, the two back to uh, that. Back. That might be where I take him. Okay. I could maybe take him in the second. There, yeah, because yeah, he's he's so valuable. Mm-hmm. He's getting wide receiver numbers. He's getting all this like all yeah. the accolades, 
And it's just one position you don't worry about. Meanwhile, the whole year, like we said, if you don't have him, you're worried every week. What is my guy going to do? And this year, if you're worried about Kelsey, Kelsey had one or two bad weeks. Bad? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a joke. So I got to go with Smith is riskier. I got to go with Smith. It's big dick plays. Yeah. You got to look at it. Smith could be out. True. Yeah. I think like to even, I think this is showing though that we're still considering Jonu Smith, even though he might be injured versus Dalton Schultz, you know? So like if you're going to be like, oh, well he might, we might still play Smith, even though he might like we pick him, even though he might not be playing, like are we even considering it? Like it's, that says a lot about Dalton Schultz because I don't think the Cowboys really throw to their tight end very much at all. It's mostly to like say like CeeDee Lamb or uh, Amari Cooper. But even then, it's, it's if they can catch the ball or if the ball gets to them. So Dalton Schultz's best game was week two where he had 10 targets, nine receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. And who was with that with? Who was their quarterback? Dak Prescott. And there you go. Um, after that, He's had a couple games with eight targets. His most receptions are six. His most yards are 72, which was week four. I'm pretty sure that's the... He had a touchdown that game. He's had one touchdown as of late against Minnesota. That's it. Those are his three touchdowns on the year. Also, I'm pretty sure... So his two best games are with Dak Prescott. Yeah. Schultz is not in those like grouping of guys who are the tight ends you're going to play. Like, I don't even think you can play him or you've even considered him, even if he's a streaming option based off matchup. Well, like, okay, well he, I'm going to say he has kind of similar numbers to TJ Hawkinson. The difference is, how dare you? Sorry, sorry. Let me, let me explain it. TJ Hawkinson. The difference is, is when TJ gets only 25, 30 yards, he gets a touchdown. When TJ doesn't get a touchdown. He gets like 80 yards. He's he's doing it. He's mm-hmm. getting he's getting his points however it comes. Yeah. Dalton Schultz is getting 40 yards, 50 yards, 25, 24, 44, 35, 22, 6. Ugh. Those are all actual yardage. Five receptions, four, 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 six receptions, two receptions, zero touchdowns. Like he's only had three, and two of them came in the first four weeks. No, I, I can't trust it. I'd rather go with somebody who could get me yeah. a, get me a touchdown at least. Yeah, and I know this is a start or sit category, so you have to choose one or the other. But um, JJ's not here, so I'm gonna sit both. So take that. <laughs> yeah, mutiny, JJ. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed back. Enjoy your Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Last one. Whew. Alvin Kamara at Philadelphia. Kenyon Drake at the New York Giants. You give me Drew Brees not injured. This isn't even a challenge. It's no. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, but Alvin Kamara was on pace for like 120 catches this year before Taysom Hill came in and doesn't throw him the ball. Taysom Hill does not throw checkdowns. They run the ball with Taysom Hill. That is the biggest argument for it. I'm still going AK. AK is going against Philly. Philly is ass. That I literally have that in my notes. That's Philly is ass. Giants have been good recently. I think you have a stat about the Giants coming up here in a second. Oh, yeah. Um, 
the good thing about Drake, he scored four TDs in the past three weeks. Kamara's only scored two TDs, but Kamara's been very like he's Kamara's consistent. The thing that has dropped down is his receiving, his his receptions right. and stuff. He still gets his. 50, 60 yards last week. I think he had 80. He had like, I think 88. So like made up for it. Yeah. And a touchdown, I think. I don't remember fully. Okay. Uh, so you're just kind of hoping Kamara gets a touchdown. I'm still down on Kamara. I'm not expecting great numbers from him. But Kenyon Drake is going against New York Giants. And what was the stat you had? So in their past two games, they have allowed less than 100 yards total. So that's 96 yards in the past two weeks. Yards. <laughs> Yads. Um, that's just crazy. Like, that's ridiculous. And it was against Seattle, who had um, Chris Carson in. And then I don't exactly remember who the other team was off the top of my head. But it's like it's – but still. Like, the Giants have defense has come on pretty strong in this late part of the game, or the season, I mean. And like in 2007. <gasps> also, the um, the team that oh Philly, Philly, that's right. They have given that's who um, Kamara's facing. They have given up a touchdown in the past four games, I believe. Yeah. So there's no reason to believe that Kamara is not going to get in the end zone, and that kind of makes him an option automatically even though Kenyon Drake as I think you said had three or had four touchdowns in the past three games but he goes against the Giants who so who are hot right now yeah. they're the hot hand and Philly is definitely not the hot hand they are they're, the most like cold they are the inside of a TV dinner that's how cold they are it is them and Chicago who's lost like six in a row yeah but um, Chicago's way better not right now bro they started off five and one and now they're they like have better players seven they know they sort of know what they're doing at least. Fair. Okay. Let's go with our last segment is called Flexing on them. Mm. These are guys that we think will be the best flex play of the week. So obviously not starters, but these are kind of our superstar in the flex category. Really important for playoffs. I'm going to go first. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has been past 4 games that he's played. I know he's missed 2 from injury. It's kind of sporadic what he's played but the past four games that he's played he's been wide receiver 27 16 and 12 teams he's gone against in those four games new england seattle the saints buffalo three of those are very good defenses like we said bill belichick shuts down whatever he wants to shut down seattle terrible defense got it that was his best game that was wide receiver seven understandable the saints have been winning their games due to defense as of late they're a very good team. Buffalo, still a good defense. They're still getting it done, and Brandon Ayuk has still been doing it. He's either scored a touchdown or he's gotten 100 yards in those four games. So he gets one or the other. It helps him a lot. If Debo is out as well, Ayuk's the guy. Yeah. It's him and Jordan Reed and Mostert. And you know what? Brandon Ayuk is the best one on that. Out of those, yeah. For players. catching them all. Yeah. So that's my flex play of the week. It, if Yeah, he's, he's really good, and he's been reliable this season when he plays. My guy is a guy that I mentioned earlier briefly, and I also mentioned – I think he's probably the guy I've mentioned the second most behind Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. <clears throat> so 
give Gallman the ball, man. And I know I said, and I also said it last week, I think, or a variation of it. But Gallman, if you've picked him up, he's one of been one of your like best players on your waiver team. wire, darling. He has gotten me to the playoffs. Like he's one of the reasons I've gotten to the playoffs. He's incredibly reliable. He either gets touchdowns, which he had six and five games since week seven. And then this past week against Seattle, he didn't have a touchdown, but he had his best game in terms of yards with 135. So he either does it one way or the other. And he's pretty much one of the best guys on that Giants team. And regardless of if he has Daniel Jones or not Daniel Jones or whomever, or Colt McCoy, um, it doesn't matter. Like he does a great job on the running back in terms of the uh, the running back position. And I believe he goes against Arizona. Yes. Which has given up five touchdowns in the past three games. Like and running touchdowns? Yes. Yeah. Two rush, they have given up five rushing touchdowns in the past three games. And two of those games in Arizona, rusher, like the team has rushed for over 100 yards. So that just fits all in Gallman's wheelhouse. Yeah. And really... So fills out the stat sheet. He's if you can put him in your flex spot, like that's a tremendous flex. flex Great flex play, especially on the hot team. Yes, hot teams matter right now. Um, you know what? JJ gave us his before he had to opt out tonight. Uh, He said Alan Lazard, wide receiver, Green Bay Packers, Packers at Detroit. Um, this one I feel like is a little obvious. Um, Alan Lazard is the number two. He is loved by Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams does need some relief every once in a while. And MVS loves to drop the ball. Alan Lazard doesn't. So this is a very solid number two against a very bad Detroit defense. The scariest part about Detroit is the fact that they no longer have their head coach. And they might have that like, that like, we lost him. No more weighing us down bump. Hopefully they only had that for this past game. Yeah. With the Matt Stafford trademark fourth quarter comeback. Oh, yeah. It was great. But it's possible it could continue into two weeks. But I understand Alan Lazard, great talent. He's finally fully healthy after Mm -hmm. his uh, core surgery. Um, He's a great one to look at. And you know what? That's actually going to do it for us. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, send them in at Fantasy Daydreamers on Instagram and on Twitter at FF Daydreamers. Uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If it's in the form of a question, we answer those first. You can also email any of us. It's our name, Ian, Keone, Aaron, JJ, Ryan, James, at fantasydaydreamers.com. You email us that, we'll see it, we'll answer your question on the pod. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.